Previously on The Deep. After losing communication with a science team in Deepwater Plymouth, a deep sea lab near the Mariana Trench, a new science team made their way down to investigate and take over. So we lost contact with Deepwater Plymouth three days ago. There is a construction crew of three people down there. We expect that they are completely fine. This is a regular occurrence. We will be bringing down a new fiber optic line for Deepwater Plymouth. Upon arriving, they learned the old science team had discovered and brought aboard an anomalous black sphere. We need to talk to Hughes. We need to talk to Hughes as soon as possible. And one of the things you notice, Sid, is that right next to them, there is this large sort of spherical object, maybe three feet in diameter. And it's got this sort of obsidian color to it, but it's got, it's very polished. Like the way that the fluorescent light sort of bounces off of it seems just odd to you. They also learned one of the old team's submarines was currently stranded at the edge of the Mariana Trench with a construction worker left dead inside. What we need to do right now is we have to figure out exactly what happened to Pierce's sub. And I don't think that we have any capability of getting in there with any of the robotic arms, which means a man's gonna have to go in there and pull out the black box. Where's the wreckage? There's a GPS locator on it. It's not too far from here. Near the trench. I'll volunteer. Guess I gotta go too. I can make three. As the majority of the new science team's members toured the lab and began settling in, a smaller team of three split off in a sub of their own to go investigate the dead construction worker and his sub just outside of Deepwater Plymouth. This is their story. For a moment, the only thing that you guys can see is just inky blackness all around you, and there's just a subtle glow of various buttons and instruments on the inside cabin of this submarine, and you flip on a switch. Uh, which one of you is driving? You've all been trained to drive these submarines. Like, you've done a lot of training and things like that before you would ever even come down to Deepwater Plymouth. So, it, you know what I mean? It's not, it doesn't fucking matter. Whichever one he wants to drive is fine. Like, uh, Eric, what's your character's name? <clears throat> uh, Percy. Percy is, uh, what, like, kind of job do they do? Um, they're studying aeronautics right now. Oh, then you should definitely be driving. Yeah, I can do that. You have a GPS ping, because every place that these, uh, that these, um, submarines go they're all being tracked by a global positioning satellite they're not going to let these million dollar pieces of equipment just uh float around willy-nilly without a way to recover them um so you have a general idea of where it's at obviously that ping is only good within you know a thousand foot diameter or so give or take but 
you still have a relatively good idea of where you need to go and it's really kind of amazing down here because other than the sediment that you kick up it's very still any creatures that you see that are moving along the floor are doing so with minimal effort most things are just kind of floating along the current that carries them to dis- to nutrients to prey and it, it just down here seems almost alien to you as you look out the uh, viewing glass and uh, is there anything any of you would like to do while you're making your way towards um, Piers's downed submarine? Um, I'm going to look around the hull of this uh, submersible and sort of just like take note of all the, the different hatches and um, panels and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Just commit them to memory. Uh, Marisha's going to look over the uh, suits one more time and just uh, try to make herself feel feel at least a little bit more secure, even though she is reasonably sure of these working. Why don't you go ahead and make me um, an intelligence roll then? Okay. Fail. They look tip-top shaped to you. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> when I notice her uh, looking at those, I, I come up and... Um... Well, these things look brand new, don't they? Yeah, they really do. I don't know why I can't. It's just weird. Like I, I, I'm, I'm not trying to cast doubt on my own abilities as a scientist, and I certainly don't doubt any of you. But it, it's, it's strange in that, like I said before, we haven't done any human testing on these. Well, I guess that would make sense then, uh, seeing that they don't have a nick on them. Yeah. Well, no time like the present. And uh, he's going to, like, start to try to figure out how to put the thing on. Okay, so, Tig, when you were um, looking around the... Because, again, very similar to how all of these deepwater submarines are designed, it has to have a bathysphere in it. This is a much larger one that sort of has, like, a platform cabin area that you can move around in. Um mm-hmm still not incredibly large you know you're kind of hunched over in order to move around in it just because they're doing everything in their power to save save area and cost and just all of those things but at the end uh there is the hatch that would lead out into that carbon fiber um bubble that's at the back end of it so that you can actually go outside of this submarine without uh, depressurizing the entire thing because basically what you're going to be doing is you would open it up while it's still pressurized you let the water rush in and because it's made out of uh that uh those carbon nanotubes they have that flex in them to accept the immediate rushing of water and you're just trained to brace when it comes in and then you open up the outer hatch go out, do your EDA, and then uh, come back in. Because I feel like you're an envir- you're in an environmental suit at this point. Like, that's 100% what it is. And so... Oh, okay. You know. Yeah. Oh, and for the most part, though, it seems like the majority of the systems are relatively automated. Unless you specifically force this thing to give you control, it, you know, you set it to go somewhere, and because... Th- there isn't a whole lot of stuff to run into. Like it's very flat on the abyssal plane until you get closer to where the trench is, where you have that actual continental divide of the plates, you know? So captain, have we found what we're looking for? It looks like we're close at least, uh, coming up on the ping. Um, good. Cause I was starting to get barred as fuck back here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can drive on the way back then. How about that champ? sure thing buddy boy (laughs) so as you start to get this suit on it doesn't feel like putting on any other dive suit that you've ever worn it's almost like pipe fitting uh, couplings like that sort of ratchet to tighten everything close to your body and just leave enough room for all of this liquid to sort of just run through the system and that is it. Everything else is just to keep you warm and keep you pressurized and that is the end of it. And when it comes time, because you guys are both going out, right? Percy and Tig? Yeah. I would assume so. All right, cool. 
Yeah, and when I uh, bring you, because you said we had to bring the suit into the bathysphere to be able to get into him. Correct. All right, so yeah, when I uh, bring the suit into that other room, I literally just drag it on the ground <laughs> as I like walk in there, and it's like getting scraped up on the outside of it and everything. <laughs> no, it's okay. You see, when you get something new like this, you gotta put the first marks on it yourself, or else uh, you're just gonna be anxious over it. If you get it out of the way, then you're no longer anxious. It's just something I always did when I got a new bike or something. Brand new $50 million bike, that's all. Put a few scrapes on it. Oh, the scrapes are coming. Just wait till you get out there. Dr. Keen, you would know that these are much closer to $100 million uh, bicycles. <laughs> She'll keep that information to herself. <laughs> right on. Um, and uh, you have gotten to the point where you where you have not been looking forward to because you've done this test with uh, lab rats before and when they first have to breathe in this liquid, the panic that comes over them is heart-wrenching. And you know that you now have to put the helmets on both of these men and flip on the pumps. And they're going to seem okay with it at first. And then they're not. So whenever you're ready, Dr. Keen. So as she's like, she bends down and she picks up one of the helmets and she goes, okay, so I'm going to warn you right now, this won't be pleasant. You're going to panic. Every instinct that you have is going to say, don't breathe, don't breathe, don't breathe. Animal tests have been 100% successful, but you are going to not want to breathe. But here I am telling you, just breathe. It's going to be okay. Who wants to go first? I raise my hand. Yeah, I'll get it out of the way. Okay. So I will put the helmet on Tyke. <laughs> All right. And I try to uh, look real tough as it's like getting locked in and all that kind of stuff. It takes a while for the machine to fill up. It's kind of viscous. It's not like water. It's sort of it's sort of got this like thick feel to it, and you can feel it as it's slowly climbing up to your chin, then to your mouth. I tilt down and, and start, like, blowing bubbles in it. <laughs> <laughs> it comes up over your nose, and then over your eyes, and when you open up your eyes, it doesn't sting at all. It just kind of feels neutral, and you realize that you don't really have to blink. And what was the result of that constitution uh, check? So my constitution is 15, and I rolled a 5. All right. And so you start to breathe in this water, and for... Not water, this emulsion. For like a brief second, your entire body just racks with panic, and you can feel your muscles tense, and your entire body tense up and just tighten. And... You then breathe out, and you breathe in again, and it feels weird. Your lungs are expanding differently. You have to do it in sort of these big, labored breaths because your lungs weren't built to mechanically always be expelling fluid, but you can do it. Well, that was nothing. All good? Yeah, I'd say the worst bit of it is I forgot to itch my back before I put the suit on. <laughs> It's gonna drive me out of my fucking mind. I promise you'll have the best back scratch of your life when you take it off. He just like gives a thumbs up. <laughs> she'll return it, she'll pick up the other helmet and go, Percy? Uh, Percy looks a little nervous, he's a little jittery, but he just goes, Better, better get this over with, right? <sighs> okay. Uh, I would roll a, a 20 on this die roll. Uh, fail. Oh, okay. oh, no. So it begins to fill up, and as it gets to your mouth, you instinctually take one last breath in and hold your breath for a second. And it gets up above your nose and above your eyes. And again, you keep your eyes open, and it feels almost like a neutral feeling, but then your lungs begin to burn. And after a few more seconds, you gasp out, and as soon as you do, you 
fill up your lungs with this liquid and you immediately begin to panic. You grab onto the sides of the bathysphere and you pull onto a lever, which then immediately closes the fucking door that was keeping the pressure inside of the cabin. And Dr. Keen, you are not wearing a suit right now and this man is still thrashing around. What are you guys going to do? Percy, breathe. Is there a door that like um, I can push her through and then like close the airlock quickly? The airlock, you're not, it's not like filling with water, but like the airlock has been closed. And if one more lever gets pulled, this thing's going to fill with water. Okay. So um, I'm quickly going to uh, try to get that door back open um, and then make sure that that other lever does not get pressed. So I'm like kind of having upward pressure on the one lever that I don't want pulled down and then kind of blocking it with my body while trying to get the door back open. Give me Dex. What are you doing, Dr. Keen? She will go over and try to help him flip the lever back up. I'd like to go over and try to just, after I get the other lever up, grab him and, like, make him look at me. Like, grab the sides of the helmet. So, Tig, roll the Dex check with advantage, because Dr. Keen's going to help you. All right. So it was already a pass, and it's an even better pass now. All right, cool. So you managed to do exactly what you wanted to do. You position yourself in between um, Percy and these levers, and he's still flailing about. Dr. Keen, give me a strength roll as you try and grab onto Percy and uh, sort of anchor him for a minute. Okay. Fail. You get knocked to the ground as Percy flails his elbow to the side, and it hurts, smarts a little bit. Uh, You're going to lose one hit point from that. And your, uh, your nose is bleeding fairly freely. Um, Percy, you begin to kind of calm down as you realize that you have more than enough oxygen to do all of this aerobic movement. And I'll kind of uh, look at Tide and go... Yeah, you definitely didn't undersell it or anything. Oh, shit. And then I'll I'll look down at Dr. Keen and go, uh, Dr. Keen, I'm sorry. Are you okay? Don't worry. It's fine. It is just... It's okay. It's all right. Just breathe. And she'll, she'll stand up and she's pinching the bridge of her nose just as Aubrey is doing now at her computer. <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> and she'll just stand up and she'll just put her... She just, like let go and there's blood running down her face and she'll just put her hands on his shoulders and say it's alright and she'll just go just deep labored breaths come from your diaphragm not your, not your shoulders happens to the best of us mate good news Dr. Keen it's not broken you can tell that from pinching off the, the flow okay looks like the only casualty of this trip is gonna be me <laughs> <laughs> shite mate you look like you had a newt on your trousers <laughs> <laughs> And so, uh, Dr. Keen, you step back into the, uh, the main bathysphere and close the airlock. And Tig and uh, Percy, whenever you're ready. She goes, okay, Percy, now you can flip the switches. <laughs> <laughs> Attempting to flip them in the wrong order now just for that. <laughs> Bit of diving advice. Maybe not do that again. <laughs> I'll try and keep that in mind. I think I'm good now, though. Just, uh... Yeah. You ready? I'm ready. Out of the blue and into the black. <clears throat> Alright, then. No turning back. Uh, flip the switches. Alright, you pull the switch down and... It takes a lot of effort to put it into place as though that was kind of the safeguard to make sure that you couldn't just accidentally wash yourself out into the bottom of the Pacific Ocean. But when the water starts to rush in, it's like being buffeted by hammers. Like, you just have never felt this immense of pressure, but it's filled up so quickly that once it ends, you just... You're in a little bit of pain, you're a little bit sore, but it it just subsides almost instantly and you look out into the inky uh, the inky blackness around you and you both flip on your headlamps and leap out. And so 
I'm going to actually start with Dr. Keen and what you are doing in the submarine while you are waiting for your friends. So what are you doing in the submarine while you're waiting for your friends? She's getting the radio set up and she'll like she'll flip on the lights out like I'm assuming that there are light like floodlights yeah they're on that's what uh, you guys were using to um, kind of light your way and just guide yourself a little bit you know and so you just flip on all of the exterior lights which makes it even easier to for them to see you know they don't have to rely as much on their headlamps until they get out of that radius yep and she'll uh Start, she'll like I'm assuming there's like a headset or something and she'll put that she would have already had on but she'll like adjust the volume a little bit and sit down and is there like a window that I can tell in the where in the direction that they're heading yeah um, you have the nose of the submarine basically pointed at the wrecked submarine that's uh, on the ocean floor it's sort of resting at this 45 degree angle on um, some rocks next to the giant ravine that is the Marianas Trench. She uh, will sit down there and adjust the volume on the headset and go, how's it looking, lads? Oh, we're doing fine down here. We still got Percy, so that's one good thing. (laughs) How are you holding up, by the way? Me? Oh, I'm fine. I'm just worried about you guys. There's something I need to look at. I will, uh, I'm going to be on the other end of this if you need me. Don't forget what we're here to, what we're here to do. So Percy and Tig, you're walking along the bottom. Your your suit is weighted enough that um, unless you use the propulsion equipment that's attached to the suit, it's going to be very hard to go up. Um, but it's very easy to just kind of bounce, sort of like moonwalk your way along the, not the Michael Jackson going backwards version, but the actual (laughs) kind of bouncing your way, um, across the actual moon version. Can I do a roll to see Um, if I can actually moonwalk in the, um, city bottom of the ocean? Yeah. Roll dexterity. Oh, that is a fail. (laughs) Uh, Ty, you fall backwards. Uh, Dr. Keen, while you're sort of talking to them on the radio, you're looking out the front window and you see Ty does like this weird maneuver where he spins <laughs> and then immediately just plants backwards and is sort of turtling there for a moment until <laughs> Percy is able to help him back up. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Haven't quite got your deep sea legs yet. Oh, no, I'm walking on jelly for sure. She will, uh, she will absolutely make sure that he can hear her laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mind helping me up? I feel like a TARDIS. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we use that word anymore. <laughs> he'll, uh, he'll start pulling, uh, Tig up. Alright, and then I uh, lift my hand out and, yeah, take it. You continue towards the sub, and it looks very similar to the sub that you brought. Um, so you could access it through the rear. You do notice that you can see inside of the front window when you shine your headlamp in there that uh, it is filled with water. And uh, there is the bloated form of what appears to be a Norwegian gentleman. Is there any, like, sort of obvious signs of, um, of what would have caused any of this so far, or, um... Why don't you guys both roll, roll wisdom? Ooh, I got a natural one on that, which I guess in this case is a good thing. Yep. Uh, I also passed. Awesome. So you're sort of both circling, and... It- Again, it's sort of at like a 90 degree or at a 45 degree angle resting on this rock. And so as you move around and then under it, you can now see that the force at which it impacted this rock ripped into the hull and uh, into the bathosphere as well. Oh, it looks like it crashed upon this rock. Uh, it looks like a fair sign more than just bad piloting, though. I suppose you're correct about that. What would cause you to hit that thing with that much farce? 
I can think of a few things, but none of them seem likely. Let's try and find that black box and... Well, I suppose we should do something for Pierce as well, right? Are we supposed to be bringing him back? Dr. Keen, do you know? <laughs> huh? I, uh, uh, yeah, um... Dr. Keen, why don't you roll me an intelligence check? Okay, please, this is all I ask. Fail. You don't see any danger in bringing Pierce's body back. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> she is, I mean, I don't see why we shouldn't. Yeah, I think you're probably right. It'd be kind of weird to find the body, but then leave him down here. I'm going to try to make my way, like, inside the, the wreckage. So you don't think that you're going to be able to get in through the the hole in the hull? So you're probably going to have to use the propulsion to get up uh, to the back end of this, uh, of this sub? Because it's kind of in the air, you know what I mean? The way that it's resting on the rock at that 45. All right. But you don't have to roll. You can just very easily get up there if you would like to, and you're familiar with trying to open up these things, and you try and uh, use the keypad, but it doesn't appear as though it's uh, functional. Um, Then I am going to um, just kind of strike it with my hand. Okay. (laughs) Fucking thing. Just open up, you bastard. Can I do an intelligence check to see if I can figure out what's broken with it. Sure. i definitely fail a strength check if that was uh, involved. <laughs> oh, I failed my intelligence check. <laughs> you have no clue what's wrong with this thing. You would assume it might have something to do with the power, though. Power's out. Can't get through the side in the hole. I don't suppose we could just drag the whole sub with us, could we? It's actually a pretty good idea. And of course it doesn't have any pyre. Oh, let's see. Uh, I'm going to kind of um, go around, like, the different sides of it and see if there's other, like, uh, big holes that were made from the, the explosive decompression that I could fit through. You're kind of going around this and you are really sure that if you can figure out a way to get it off this rock, you could get in through the hole. It's mostly the rock that is blocking you. Maybe if we both get up or on this end, maybe we could kind of lever it over. I'll try, but you're asking the wrong person in terms of that. Well, we have these propulsion systems. What else would we use them for? Fair enough. One of you guys can uh, roll with advantage minus two. Because I assume that you're using the um, the fans on your on your yep. suits as well as your strength. All right, dope. Yeah, yeah. Go for it, Eric. Okay. I'm gonna put it on you. <laughs> oh yes. Thank you for advantage. That's a nat one minus two. Nice. It takes a little while of pushing. You turn off the fans for a second and sort of let it rock back. Turn them back on, force into it, let it rock back, and eventually the momentum just carries it just far enough away from the rock where gravity just takes over and does the rest for you. And it drops onto the ocean floor and uh, kicks up a fuckload of sediment. (laughs) Dr. Keen, you have no idea where these guys are, but you did see the submarine fall off of its perch. I don't think we even know where we are at this point with all the dust. (laughs) Guys? Hey, hey, uh, what's going on out there? Is everything okay? Oh, Percy had this bright idea to just flip the fucker over. My idea was drag the whole sub back, thank you. <laughs> we can transport that whole sub inside of this whole sub. Can we drag it behind us, like a tow truck or a tugboat? I mean, it seems... It seems possible <laughs> in a theoretical sense. I mean, Percy is the aeronautics expert. He should be the one to know. 
Here's the one thing that you definitely know would happen, though, Dr. Keen. There would be very little observational science done in Deepwater Plymouth for maybe a couple of days, considering how much sediment you guys would kick up dragging back a submarine. <laughs> There's, um, you know, the, uh, judging by the sediment that y'all would kick up, uh... Did I just say y'all as an Australian? It's <laughs> from South Australia. Um, I mean, Australia is just Southern British, but um, yeah. well, would South Australia technically be North Australia? Oh my God! No. <laughs> the uh, go. The uh, anyway, it's. How many of us are there for observational science? Because, you know, I don't think any will be happening for at least a couple days with all the sediment. I suppose we know where it is now. We could always come back to it if we need to. For now, to Ike, uh, shall we journey in? You guys also didn't bring any chains or toe straps because <laughs> that just wouldn't be a thing that would be equipped on a submarine. So just let me know. Do we have an know. anchor? <laughs> on your yeah. submarine? No. Obviously. What do you mean we wouldn't have a regular anchor on this incredibly high-tech submarine? <laughs> How are we going to keep it from wandering off? What if it gets lost, Tim? <laughs> We'll just call the wrecker down. <laughs> They'll come and load it on up and tow it in. Oh my god. <laughs> we'll put out the cones on the side of the ocean highway. <laughs> on the side of the trench. Yeah. Alright, I'm, I'm gonna... I'm gonna jump on in. I'll follow behind him. Alright. As you guys know... It's not, you don't have a huge area to explore. The hardest part of finding anything is just dealing with all of the sediment as it's settling inside of this hole now. And but kind of once you get under the canopy that the that the hole sort of creates, it's a little bit easier to see, and you can see that Piers is uh, floating sort of peacefully in the water, um, and then. Which one of you would be the more mechanically inclined one that would be going into the system and taking out the black box? Probably me? Probably the aeronautics guy, yeah. Yeah, fair. I would want to look around and try to see, like, all the stuff that I looked at in the other submersible. I want to look at that same stuff around here and see if there's, like, anything, like, sort of different other than just, like, you know, having the decompression um, trauma and stuff. It seems like a lot of emergency protocols were run through incredibly quickly. Like, you can see the the various switches um, being flipped for, you know, the the port and aft uh, um, engines and things like that that normally you wouldn't use when maneuvering unless you were, you know, trying to go into a very tight area or space, but you're out in the middle of the abyssal plane with you know nothing else and so that's incredibly odd um but other than the emergency protocols it doesn't seem that odd um percy could you please give me an intelligence at a minus five for removing the black box uh oh minus five is a good thing yes yeah <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness for it, too. That's a pass. All right. It takes you a little while, um, you know, because you only you only have a pliers and some screwdrivers and just very rudimentary uh, tools that are made out of um, made out of uh, non uh, corrosive materials. And so, Tyge, you're probably going to have a solid 20 or 25 minutes um before Percy is going to be done with that. Is there anything that you would like to do in the meantime? So, uh, yeah, like, after I've kind of gone through and did my rounds looking at all the the systems on the the submarine and trying to piece together what happened, I kind of just sit, stand there and just, like, kind of look at the loaded body of um, this... He was a science officer, you said? He was one of the construction workers. 
Oh, construction. Okay. And, and like, you know, kind of just like drift off in thought and am kind of like staring at him, but almost like staring like through him and everything like that. And, uh, yeah, just not really kind of, kind of disassociated from everything for, for a few minutes until, um, somebody, someone tries to get my attention. All right. I'm going to go over to Dr. Keen then. What are you doing, Dr. Keen? I'd like to, uh, review the footage so you you have two options do you want to just start it over from the beginning or do you want to just rewind it and uh i'd like to just rewatch it to just start from the beginning all right so you know that these cameras are motion activated and one of those reasons is for liability purposes so that they can blame uh, employees uh, for any damages to these uh, machines, if at all possible. And uh, (laughs) so it starts off with uh, this vehicle being lowered into the water. Like you see it being moved along the crane. It gets lowered into the water. Um It's moving various uh, pieces of machinery and equipment over and attaching them to Deepwater Plymouth. It's maneuvering around, inspecting various things, shining a floodlight on it. Um, Do you want to start going in fast forward or do you want to keep going real time? Um, She will start going in fast forward. All right. So this happens probably four or five more times where it'll get raised up onto the crane, moved over into its dry dock position where it's locked in in case of any tremors or anything like that, and then it'll move back, get dropped into the water, and you'll see either Adam or Lisa or Piers get into this vehicle and then go and do various uh, work on Deepwater Plymouth, and then it'll come back, go into dry dock, and so on and so forth. But then, your vehicle, you see it's being maneuvered down from the crane, lowered into the water and you see both Adam and Lisa get into the vehicle. They then start going into the blackness and they have their floodlight on in front of them and they travel for probably 15 or 20 minutes maybe 30, somewhere in that neighborhood basically as long as you guys traveled to get to Piers's uh, crash site And you see that the submarine is at that same 45-degree angle. And held in its mechanical arms is this small onyx sphere. And you watch as the camera gets closer and closer to it, and then the mechanical arms reach out and appear in camera frame, grab onto this sphere, and the camera then you watch as it goes back through the inky blackness and then gets raised up into the moon pool. You then watch Adam and Lisa get out of the submarine and they're straining with this obsidian object. And you watch as Adam goes over and uh, moves the aerial crane over and they start attaching these harnesses to this thing and they lift the sphere up and then move it onto the platform and they stand by it and they appear to be having a conversation there's been no sound on any of this uh, the entire time that you've been watching and you watch them they're conversing they're conversing they're conversing and the sphere opens for a second and the camera goes black and then it starts back up again and you see that The submarine is being moved back over into its dry dock. And you look, and Lisa is standing next to the sphere, her eyes wide open, just still. The clamps come into place, and Lisa still hasn't moved. The camera stays on for another ten minutes after motion is stopped. Adam goes and stands next to her, and they both just stand still staring at this sphere. And it goes black again. And then you watch 
as you and your companions lower this submarine into the moon pool. You get inside, and it's just the footage of you guys going out to piers. Guys. I kind of shake my head and, and kind of uh, come to, and I'm like, uh, yeah, Tiger. I just reviewed the footage, and I want you to bring back the the black box, and that's it. So we're just going to leave him here? <sighs> Nothing more noble than a burial at sea, I guess? I guess maybe if that was one of his wishes, but with this being kind of an investigation situation. I don't know, it just seems kind of weird to me. Percy, you have the box free. Can I check somehow to see if it looks like he just died from the hull being pierced? Like the the pressure or whatever? Go ahead and uh, make me an intelligence roll. Or no, make it wisdom, if, if that's better. You can, you can pick or choose, it doesn't matter. Uh, I'd pass with either. All right. Yeah, you're pretty positive from the from the signs um, on this man's body that he drowned. Okay. Uh, Dr. Keene, you would probably be nervous about them staying out in that pressure and breathing that emulsion for too much longer. We can always come back out and get him. But for now, it's starting to get a little bit too... I, I feel like it's going to... Your suits are going to start to get a little bit dicey right before too soon. So why don't you why don't you guys come on and head back? I'm bringing him. Then I uh, I turn off my um, communicator if that's possible, and then like sort of just like Ty. grab him by the foot and start like pulling him along. Ty. Um, his skin slides completely off of his bones. Oh. <laughs> I kind of like do a heavy exhale of this fluid and like I can see the ripples of the fluid like within my mask and everything like that and like and then um yeah I like sort of reach up further and like sort of grab them by the what's left of the clothing and um okay. start pulling them along. Alright. Percy heaves a little bit at the uh sight of his skin coming off of his bones and just goes Alright, well I got the box if have got that then let's 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 go what have you never seen another dead human being before not in one that bad of condition well, let me just tell you this isn't my first wreckage delightful <laughs> you both start making your way back towards the uh, operational submarine you switch on the fans on your packs and make your way up to it and work the keypad and open up the bathysphere. And you can pull the lever to uh, expel the water whenever you're ready. So are you ready, Percy? Uh, go for it. And I'm going to uh, distinctly be looking away from the body when he pulls the lever. <laughs> oh, and, Tig, if you are looking at the body, as the water drains down, you see it. this man starts to look as though he was a candle and somebody lit his wick and just let him burn because as there is no longer the water to keep so much of the elasticity of his skin, it just starts to slough off. You can see bone in places and muscle and... It's one of the most grotesque things that have you've probably ever experienced. Um, it, it just basically turns into a soup at the bottom of this uh, chamber. As, it, as it's happening, like I still have like the sort of, um, I guess, odd sense of pride that uh, I'm the only one that like felt the need to bring this man back. But then I also use the <laughs> situation to just like stare right at um, Percy as this is happening and just oh like God. kind of um, make fun of him for uh, for having such a uh, guttural reaction to it. Percy is like staring at the ceiling right now. <laughs> Go ahead, look. You know you want to. It's going to be the only chance in your life maybe to see something like this. Yes, that's kind of what I'm hoping for. <laughs> Dr. Keene, when you open up the airlock to go and start helping them, you can see the soup of a person at the bottom of it. Oh. 
Yeah, I know. But we had to do it. It had just been weird to just leave them there. Is this why you shut off your comps? I did what I had to do. Either way, am I right in guessing that it'll be worse getting that fluid out of us than it was getting it into us? You're gonna, you're gonna feel like you've got the worst pneumonia of your life, but just let it happen. Just let it happen. You won't run out of oxygen or anything. <laughs> but it's not gonna be pleasant. <laughs> so she flips the switch and you watch as the fluid begins to drain out of the helmet and she pulls the helmet off of you and Tig, you immediately just vomit up just more of this fluid than you thought was possible to have in a human being. <laughs> And it immediately brings you to your hands and knees. At first, I want to, like, try to hold my breath with that stuff in as long as I can and just, uh, like, walk over to the wall and then sort of sit down and then, like, put my feet up on the wall and then try to get into an angle that's, like, the most, like, to just let it flow right out of me as possible. And then I'll have all that, like, coughing and, like, you know, fit happen. (laughs) All right. And Percy... I don't think that you're going to be even able to get into an advantageous position. I think you just fall into the fetal position and start retching. (laughs) Sounds about right. And that lasts for, yeah, maybe five minutes and then you guys are cool. Yeah, after I'm done coughing, uh, like, and he's still wriggling around, I start laughing and I'm like, you look like I did when I fell down out there. (laughs) Let's not go that far. I'd still say I look a little bit better. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know any worse than you looked like that fellow out there in the bathosphere. My god. I rolled a con check to see if I would uh, proceed vomiting at that statement again, but I passed, so (laughs) suck it. (laughs) Huzzah! (laughs) I let it out another... (sighs) Percy, I'd, something tells me that I don't think you're going to be too keen to do this again. <laughs> it was better coming out than going in at the very least. Uh, yeah, I know that. You look at her and she's still got dried blood under her nose. <laughs> so you're still going to be having me drive us back? Uh, Percy nods and then goes and finds the most comfortable uh, chair to like just slump over in and he is just uh, breathing heavily still his skin looks paler than normal <clears throat> the the circles under his eyes have somehow just gotten even worse and he's just uh, barely responding to people what do you think air conditioner on or windows dying <laughs> and I just smiled <laughs> to myself and like put it in the whatever the forward gear is and start like you know going away so long as you don't get to choose the radio station (laughs) (laughs) Marisha will walk over and like sit next to you and just like alternately sort of rub and pat your back (laughs) just go put your head between your legs mate (laughs) this is to uh Percy (laughs) and just like she'll go cough if you need to just deep breaths I thought you were talking about me at first, and I was like, how is he going to drive with his head between his legs? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> now we got two of these submarines wrecked up on a rock. <laughs> and four dead bodies. Yeah. <laughs> now we know how it happened. <laughs> All right, and so um, on the way back, I do want to sort of, like, go forward and like circle around from like up a little bit of altitude and like kind of use the the submarine's cameras to be able to sort of get some footage of the the scene and all that kind of stuff no problem at all how did how long did it take us to get out um this far anyway Uh, about 25 minutes oh okay so um when we start getting to where we can kind of see the lights of um Plymouth, I'm going to radio in. Submersible to Plymouth. Um, you try and radio to uh, to uh, the comms room, and you hail them once and get static, and you hail them again and still static. Okay, well, if you're not going to answer, we're just going to come on in and hopefully you got all your shit out of the way. Something wrong? 
No one's answering in the in the comms room. Huh. Percy tries to think back to if there was any actual like communications director in our group. You would imagine that that probably would be Hughes. Yeah, I was gonna say the only person that comes to mind for me is the uh, general guy. Oh God knows what he's doing. Probably better off not talking to him anyway. Yeah, I mean it's not like there's heavy traffic coming in and out of here. <laughs> but all of the submarines are heavy. <laughs> all of a sudden, you hear. Sorry about that. Uh, having a bit of an issue here. Uh, as soon as you get back. You need to individually report to the med bay for a physical. That is an order. Copy? Uh, copy, so what kind of an issue? We'll talk about it after you dock. Oh, so now we're talking back and forth between each other. Okay. <laughs> Everything is under control. We just need to do a medical evaluation of every member of the crew. And what about Pierce? Who's Pierce? Isn't that who we went down there to get? Just report to the med bay as soon as possible. And it goes to static. Boring conversation anyway. Oh, come on. That's a good Star Wars reference. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Everything's fine here. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I just shoot the panel out of the submarine as we dock in. <laughs> As uh, <laughs> as we pull into dock, uh, Marisha will look at the others and say, "Do you think it's? I think it's best that we leave him here until we can take care of business." And she'll just like jerk her head over towards the batholith. Take care of business. Come back. Get him. We'll do it right. Oh, you mean go into the med bay ourselves and then come back and, and deal with the body? Yeah. At first, I was confused. I thought dealing with the body would have been the taking care of business. But. <laughs> no, mate. I guess we can get everybody together and draw straws to see who moves in. Yeah. <clears throat> like you said, it's not your first uh, wreckage, right? You should be able to handle them fine. I don't know. I think Percy should do it. <laughs> I think we should give everybody an equal chance to possibly do it. Especially the ones that didn't have to get their hands dirty one bit. Percy holds his finger up uh, towards Marisha like, hmm? Starts to walk out, and then when he hears Tyg say the people who didn't have to get their hands dirty, he goes, Wallace. (laughs) I like where your head's at, bye. Follow our podcast network on Twitter at Time to Die RPG. The Deep is GM'd by Tim Demuse at Ida Grab Your Gun. Colin Tig Ward was played by Chris Riley at Chris Riley LCP. Dr. Marie Shakin was played by Aubrey Gray at Aubrey Gray One. Valhalla Perseus Nunez, aka Percy, was played by Eric S. Pat at ES underscore Patty Cake. All of these Twitter links and more can be found in the episode description.